Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Wanted to hop on real quick before we get into today's episode and let everyone know that the next seven-day fasting lifestyle challenge registration link is live. You can go to the show notes, click the link for more details, or you can go to www.the fastingforlife.com forward slash live. Wanted to speak directly to you if you've been listening to the podcast, maybe you're new and just getting started, or maybe um, you've been fasting for a while and really trying to adopt that lifestyle and the scale just won't move beyond that two to four, three to five pounds each week, or maybe you feel like you've hit that dreaded weight loss plateau, or maybe the hunger, or as my wife likes to say, the hangriness has snuck up and bit you on the backside, and you just can't seem to get away from those cravings, or the consistency of your fasting schedule just isn't allowing you to get back on track if you've fallen by the wayside. This seven-day lifestyle challenge is exactly for you. It's coming up in the near future. Please don't miss out on this opportunity. We are super excited to be leveling up this experience and leaving that diet baggage behind, giving you the confidence and the habits to build that long-term weight loss and fasting lifestyle success. Go to the show notes, you can click the link, or www.thefastingforlife.com forward slash live. We will hope to see you on the inside. And now to today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier and I am here as always with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey Scott, how are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Excited for today's conversation. We are going to be doing a little bit different twist on our Q&A sessions that we do from listener Q&A. Mm. And I'm excited to unpack some of these convos. These are some of the most recent questions from inside of our coaching group, actually. Yeah. And we've just seen a massive level up in the quality and kind of the introspective type questions we've been getting. So we're going to unpack that for you today. We're going to talk about exercise and insulin resistance. We're going to talk about collagen and you know, just unpack these in a way that can help you to continue to get results and know that what you're doing for you as an individual is what's going to get you the long-term sustainable results. So yeah. with that as an intro, we have a big, we got to fill some big shoes today yeah, uh, to make sure that we can deliver some actionable things to you. Uh, first shout out to the OGs for the long-term listeners. We appreciate you guys continue to listen continuing to send in comments and questions. If we have not gotten to your question, it's not intentional. Feel free to resubmit and let us know. We want to keep this conversational and get you the support that you need. So uh, that is why we developed the challenges, which we have coming up starting tomorrow, July 20th. You can go to the show notes, check out more information on what that challenge looks like. We're super pumped. Yeah. Seven-day fasting lifestyle challenge. And then also a shout out to the new listeners. If you want to know a little bit more about Tommy and I and the Fasting for Life lifestyle and the Fasting for Life podcast, go ahead and check out episode zero and episode one way back in the day when we turned on the microphones and we didn't really know what we were doing or where it was going to turn into. <laughs> Two and a half years later, 1.4 million downloads and 
just hundreds of episodes. It's just been an incredible journey. So we want to welcome you into the Fasting for Life family as well. So, Tommy, let's hop into some of these questions here that we have most recently gone through in one of our uh, private group coaching trainings. Mm -hmm. And the first question that I want to tackle from Tracy was, is there any point where your body realizes that fasting is good and it actually starts cooperating? Man, there's some nuance in there. (laughs) AKA, at what point does your body become insulin sensitive? Wow. Great question. Yes. Um, I'm going to say the short answer is yes, but more importantly, what are some of the details in the longer answer? So I love the fact that she said actually starts cooperating because when we first start on our fasting journey or we're pushing through some higher levels of insulin resistance, maybe we have a lot of weight to lose or we've been accumulating that weight over a long period of time. It can feel like you're doing a bit of like bear wrestling to get your body to start cooperating in in some aspects. Like when does a 16 or an 18 hour fast get easier? When does OMAD get easier? When can I feel like I can make the right food choices and set my next fasting timer and continue to see results on the scale that I'm looking for? So the encouragement is yes, the insulin resistance comes down, insulin sensitivity goes up. And as we've talked about in several recent episodes, the rate at which the insulin sensitivity comes back is much, much greater and faster and more substantial when we're using time restriction versus just calorie restriction. So there's a whole lot of encouragement there. It does take some time though. So we need to be patient with it for sure. Yeah. One of the more recent episodes that we did spoke specifically about a meta-analysis of some research on that low calorie versus time-restricted eating, right? So intermittent fasting three days a week or fasting three days a week, 75 to 100% complete calorie restriction versus your standard low calorie, eat three meals a day, breakfast, snacks, all that kind of stuff, right? So that number was incredible because both groups showed an improvement in insulin resistance and equated for weight loss and all Mm -hmm. other metrics were equated, which was really cool. Yeah. But the increase was 2.3 times greater. So to Tracy's question, you know, and you illuminated some of the, when are the cravings going to get better? When am I going to feel the whoosh or the euphoria or the energy increase? Typically, you know, the more consistent you are, the more, you know, quickly you're going to feel those things. But from the study side of it, it was that insulin resistance was 2.3 X or 2.3 times greater in the fasting group, right? So never mind the 12 inflammatory markers and cardiometabolic risk factors that came down as well. So The answer to the question, like you said, Tommy, absolutely 100% yes. And it happens every time you fast and you used a callus analogy, which I thought was pretty powerful. Yeah. So if you think of your insulin sensitivity or insulin resistance rather as like a callus that you develop on your hand over just days and days and days and then months and years of like strenuous work, maybe it's work in the gym or yard work or, or whatever manual labor. It's going to build up those calluses, right? And if I continue to to bring the resistance, the stress to my skin right there in those spots, those calluses are going to remain and they're even going to thicken over time. But if I want to heal those calluses, if I want them to go away like insulin resistance, if I want to chip away at the insulin resistance, it's going to come off in layers. 
and it's going to come off. It's going to take some time to remove the stress so that those calluses can begin to heal. So think of your insulin resistance like that. And as we put deliberate time between our eating opportunities, then the insulin can come down and then it can stop stimulating further callus response and further callus growth. And then it has a chance to heal. So every time, like you said, every time we fast, we are healing insulin sensitivities to some degree. Yeah. And that was one of the cool takeaways was the growth of the biogenesis of the mitochondria, right? So actually physically making your cells more mitochondria to be able to process more glucose in into the skeletal muscle, which increases your insulin sensitivity, which is exactly what we want. So every time you fast and then every time you break a fast, you are hitting both sides of the fasting equation. Mm -hmm. So we do talk about making better food choices as well, which are going to help that insulin sensitivity or decrease that insulin need from those different types of meals. So making sure that we are not under fasting and over consuming or over fasting and under consuming. But I really love this question because it just opens up so many different, you know, discussion points or things to think about. But absolutely, your body is cooperating every single time that you fast and then feed every single time. So staying consistent over the weeks to months, staying consistent with your windows, fast cycling, varying those windows, moving your meals, not just doing OMAD consistently, like Mm. all of those things can lead to, you know, improvements or long-term results over time. So appreciate that question, Tracy. All right, another question that came in was a question that we had specifically about If you eat something, this was from Melissa, if you eat something that has zero carbs, such as a piece of meat, does that initiate an insulin response? Great question. That's a good one. Same answer as the first question. (laughs) Same short answer. Simple answer answer is yes. 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 But the more important, longer answer is that it depends on exactly what we're eating and each food that we could be eating is going to initiate a different response. And it's also going to be dependent on how much of that food we're eating. More food equals a greater insulin response. But also for your example, Melissa, you mentioned meat there. Even in the States here, we're very, very focused on lean cuts of meat. You know, low fat, the low fat yeah. craze, right? Yeah. Right. It's all protein in the meat. I mean, you know, you can have like a marbled steak, but if you go look at chicken, a lot of times it's boneless, skinless, everything, you know? And they, Turkey, they 97% yeah. fat free, right? Right. Yeah. And so the leaner the cut of meat, the greater the insulin response, because the protein actually has more of an insulin response than the fat does. So if you have a more well-blended, fattier cut of meat, then that's going to be a lower insulin response. And organ meat is typically going to be something even lower on the insulin response versus like a, a boneless, skinless chicken breast, for example. Fat has very, very small insulin response. Protein has a kind of middle of the road insulin response. And then carbohydrates have uh, higher, especially the, the more processed ones. And, you know, there's degrees to all of those things. But again, it, it's kind of dependent on how much is coming in as well. A smaller amount of food is going to require a smaller insulin response than a larger amount of food too. Yeah. So if we're comparing the insulin response of a potato versus a ribeye, obviously mm-hmm. the potato is going to be in the 70 to 80% range of an insulogenic response, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at a ribeye, we're talking about, and then we're talking about maxes here, right? Yeah. Um, and then a ribeye would be about 21% pork in the same range, but then a chicken or a turkey, you get up into the 30s. So when we're looking at a 30% insulinogenic max, right? Compared to a potato or sugar 
or, you know, frosted flakes or something like that. Yeah. Like you're fine if you're eating the meat, like we don't have to worry about the insulin response at that point. You know, a little bit of nuance there is that yes, every time we eat something, even though it's not carbohydrate, the body is going to require some form of insulin to take that energy and either burn it or store it. So yeah, really, really, really like that question. And we've done, you know, a couple episodes on insulin, insulinogenic maxes and the insulin index of food. So we want to be eating Mm. less of the processed refined carbohydrates, more of the, you know, fattier meats and higher fat content foods and things like that. So Okay, great question. Uh, another question came in from Christy, and this was about collagen. So we'll kind of stick in the food vein right here for a minute. You know, we had a recent conversation about women in menopause that need to fight harder for their their muscle composition, right? Yeah, they need to fight right. harder to retain that muscle due to the hormonal changes, right? So mm-hmm. we had made a mention that collagen is something that we use in our family and can't remember. We just switched brands. We used to use vital proteins and now we use Bubba. I think it's called Bubba's. I'm gonna have to look that up, but it's an interesting name, but it's a very clean source collagen. And we put it in everything. Like it goes in our Pamela's gluten-free pancake mixes. It goes in our little muffins, our, our simple Simple mills Mills. muffins that we make for the kids. Um, you know, every couple of weeks it goes in our pasta sauce. It goes in our, (laughs) um, coffee for my wife and I, like we use it and she had asked, how does a collagen supplement added to coffee not violate clean fasting rules hmm. since it has calories? Should I only consume it during a nutrition window? That's a great question. Yeah. And yeah, you are an is. overanalyzer. Okay. So progress <laughs> over perfection is where I'm going to start. But I really do appreciate the question too. Yeah. You know, Christy, it, it, this one is a good one because when we come to fasting, especially clean fasting versus dirty fasting, it's easy to get kind of caught up in what are the rules and how do I make this kind of perfect, especially if I'm used to like tracking calories, tracking macros, everything gets documented. And because I've been doing that for so long, trying to get a a different result, like if I just track a little bit better, maybe I can get the scale to move a little bit more. So sometimes that's where this is coming from. So we're going to encourage you, you know, to be okay with a little bit of imperfection, you know, tongue in cheek here. But the cool thing here is yes, technically there's going to be calories because every gram of protein that that's coming in is going to be four calories per gram. So even if I had 10 grams of it, that's going to be 40 calories. Okay. Now, if I thought that this collagen was really, really important and I wanted to take it, make sure I took it every single day and I was otherwise very clean fasting, like this was the only violation, quote unquote, of those clean fasting rules, then I'm going to say it's going to be okay for me to make this one exception. And this is included in my fasting lifestyle because it's really, really important to me. And the fasting police aren't going to like remove all of your progress or like take away all of the other benefits that you're going to get. Right. Progress over perfection. Yes. hundred percent. I love it. So I did some digging on this because I was like, well, yeah, we can have this conversation, but what else is out there on information about collagen, right? It's a newer, newer thing. Yeah. You you know, we've looked at the way protein studies and first and foremost, we want to make sure you guys are getting protein sources from food. Supplementation is exactly that. It should not be you know, for me, we don't eat yeah. a lot of fish in my family. Uh, my kids yeah. love it. My wife doesn't like it. I don't like cooking it. It makes the house stink. Right. So I make sure and, you know, chronic stresses and whatnot, I like to make sure I'm taking adequate amounts of fish oil. Sure. Right. Yeah. And all the years of eating the standard American diet, not knowing that I was way skewing 
the fatty acid ratio uh, in my cell yeah. membranes to like very unhealthy, like 40 to one ratio. Like we got to yeah. bring that down and super, super important for anti-inflammation, right? It's something that I've right. struggled with. So asthma, allergies, heart disease, all that, in the inflammatory lifestyle stuff. So I'm like, no, right. I am absolutely going to supplement with fish oil and vitamin D as well because I'm not outside enough. Definitely don't get it enough. Even when I lived in Florida, I live in Houston, it's sunny most of the year. It's hot as heck. We have the opportunity to be outside. Somehow I still don't get enough vitamin D. So for in those cases, it's a little bit different. When it comes to protein, we want to be making sure that we're getting most of it from food. But I did some searching and came up with a really cool article that was medically reviewed by Dr. Kate, who's an MD. She's a board certified family physician, a biochemist trained at Cornell and a New York Times bestseller. Wow. And the title of the article was, does collagen break a fast? Yes, but it's complicated. And one of her takeaways to your point, Tommy, was the answer depends on how you define fasting. If you define it in the traditional sense, then yes. If you're talking about specific benefits, such as lowering insulin, then how collagen affects your body is going to depend on how collagen compares to what you'd normally be eating. Oh, I was like, oh, okay. And then the cool thing is just one more takeaway from here was the fact of like, if you Google this or if you go to some other people in the fasting state, mm -hmm. like does collagen take you out of a fasted state and autophagy, right? 30 to 35 calories, you did the quick math, 40 calories, the product that they looked at had 30. This is from a new uh, supplement company too, which I thought was cool, this yeah. article anyway. And it said, according to Healthline, kind of, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Dave Asprey, founder of Bulletproof Coffee, maybe not, question mark. Dr. Yeah. Minzy Pels, we don't know. Dr. Jason Fung, the leading expert on intermittent fasting, that was in the article, equals yeah. no. Dr. Ted Naiman, believes protein, including collagen protein, is not a fuel source, but rather the building block for all tissues in the body and therefore not a calorie. <laughs> not really a calorie. What? Okay. Yeah. What? Okay. Takeaway. What is sustainable for you long-term? Yeah. Is collagen something you want to use? Maybe you can use it topically if it's more for skin health. Hmm. You can take it during your window. You can put it into the foods like we do to try to yeah. increase the protein content for you know for our kids we do the same thing with vegetables we blend them up and put them in our sauce the kids never know they're eating vegetables there you go even yeah. though our kids are usually pretty good about it so it's just like it depends on what the individual long-term sustainability is going to look like for you is really the answer so the answer to the question is kind of maybe what do you think <laughs> yeah hey, uh, and you know to to where i think christy's coming from <laughs> as well remember the fact that you might be attached to the idea that you need to take this supplement yeah. every single day. But if, if that's not really the case, maybe like question that assumption right there. Yeah. Do I have to take this every single day? Because if I want to do a 36 hour fast, then that means that I would have to go more than 24 hours without taking this. So yeah. can you be okay with that and put it into your next meal? And I think that the answer is yes, but it's a very personal question for yeah. you. And then make that decision based on that. Yeah, I absolutely love that question. Absolutely love yeah. it. So thank you for submitting that, Christy. Okay, we had a quick question about stomach pains when you're breaking a fast, eating right mm. after a fast. So this is something that digestive changes happen when your body is used to processing a certain amount or certain type of food. Yep. And if you're doing a lifestyle change and you're making better decisions and you're delaying doing the time-restricted eating and delaying and using fasting windows, right, yep. to create the calorie deficit, to tap into the physiology, to turn on the insulin fat-burning switch, right? So yeah. When it comes to stomach discomfort, and then there's the opposite end on the, on the backside of the changes in the bowel movements as well, mm. which is a question, everybody's like, oh, it's TMI, but well, not really. You're eating less, so you're going to be going to the bathroom less. You don't have as yeah. much food to process, right? right? So 
The stomach pain thing specifically though, is usually just your body adapting or there's an imbalance in the amount of gastric digestive juices that your body is typically used to having. And then if you start fasting, it stops producing them as readily or has them on call as quickly. Yeah. So a couple of things you can do is focus on hydration and using sea salt or Himalayan salt to stay hydrated half a teaspoon, one or two times a day. If you're doing one meal a day, 20 to 22, maybe 24 hour fast, maybe you're sweating, mm -hmm. you work out, you sweat a lot, make sure you're getting those more therapeutic salts in that gives you the trace minerals. But then also Tommy, there's a couple of things that we've noticed when we just simply change how we break the fast and giving ourselves a little break from, well, I have, I have a one meal, I've got an hour. Yeah. Let me get all my nutrition in and kind of opening that up a little bit and breaking your fast a little differently. Yeah. And especially if, if you're not wanting to like have a graze session. So, you you know, you're trying to compartmentalize that meal. This can be one of those times where if I'm breaking my fast and I'm continually feeling like uncomfortable in my stomach, then it might be a good time to kind of start dipping your toes in the water a little bit. So what I mean is like breaking the fast a little bit differently, maybe a little bit of bone broth, maybe a few almonds, some crunchy raw vegetables, and just kind of like start the process of eating and kind of like allow your gastrointestinal system to warm up to the event a little bit. And then maybe set a timer for 15, 30 minutes and just see how you feel and then actually sit down and have your actual meal. And so it's not a graze session. It's not like an open window for, you know, for more calories than I actually wanted to intake. But at the same time, I might be able to avoid these feelings of discomfort with a little strategy too. Yeah. And one thing I will say for encouragement is this stuff usually balances out in the first couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And if you've had digestive issues prior to fasting, then long-term you're going to see some improvement, but just stick with it because it is going to get better. And it's just an adaptation or a balancing period of your body. Typically it'll, it'll change in the, in the first couple of weeks of consistent fast cycling and those different varied fasting windows. Yeah. Very cool. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air, air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to a hundred times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? an air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up. 
but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTING for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. All right, one more question here, Tommy. And let's see. So this came in from Tina. And this is a great question. When I fast longer than 24 hours, I get petechiae on my face, neck, and chest. It's not a ton of spots, but uh, maybe a few in each area. Have you seen mm. this before? Is this something that I should worry about? So okay. first and foremost, if you ever have a serious rash breakout, then yes, please take the necessary steps to get it checked out. Yeah, There are lots of anecdotal things that we've seen and heard about rashes popping up when consistently yeah. fasting. And then personally, for me, rashes going away. Yeah, me too. With fasting, psoriasis, psoriasis yeah. those types of things with Eczema. fasting. Because yeah, because yeah, there's the autophagy, there's the, the regenerative properties of fasting and all of those yeah. things, decreased inflammation that we mention a lot. And that can take place, you know, lots of people like my skin's better. Like, what am I doing? Yeah, you're you're literally like, absolutely. Yeah, you're at a healthier weight. Your body's regenerating your skin, hair, nails, all of that. So and you're not bringing in a bunch <clears throat> of stuff that the largest organ on the body has to like right. filter through. Right. Right. Which is the skin. Yeah. So that brings us to the actual answer, which is your skin is the largest organ, like you just mentioned. And that is typically showing that there might be some sluggishness in mm. your liver detoxification or your limb. So couple things that you can do is sweat. So sauna, workout, walk. If you're here in Houston, just open the door and let the 108 <laughs> degree heat index just wash over you or actually right. go outside. Don't waste the AC Yeah, and sweat. So get the sweat out. That's going to promote the detoxification. Uh, you can do lymph massages, right? You can do dry brushing. You can get a rebounder, right? Those little, those trampoline rebounders. Those also yeah. will stimulate lymph vibration, those vibration mm. body plates or platforms can help. And then you got to make sure that you are doing things to promote bowel movements. Because when you start fasting, your body's going to start detoxifying and you're going to want to get that out of the system as quickly yeah. as possible. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, so what should I get heard better. there. Yeah. So I, I heard a couple of things there. One is that this could be worse the more sedentary I am. So if I can get things moving a little bit, that can help with the process. And then what I also heard there was, if I want to get my bowels moving, I'm going to need to make sure that my nutrition is good during those nutrition opportunities. So make sure you're thinking about when you break your fast, not as a fear of missing out, what can I put into my window that I missed out, but rather this is my opportunity for good nutrition. Let me make sure I'm bringing in good vitamins, good nutrients, good minerals, and well-balanced nutrition so that I can keep the body working effectively and bringing in the things that I need when I do take in food, right? Yeah, and I would just add hydration on top of that as well because yeah. salt can act, act as a laxative. 
So you could use the sea salt or the Himalayan salt or the Redmond salt, right? Those types of salts that have the full spectrum of trace minerals in them as well, not just sodium chloride, which is like, right. you know, the stripped down version, the table salt with the added iodine. We're not talking about the Morton's yeah. table salt, but those therapeutic salts staying hydrated and, you know, making sure that you're getting that in consistently. So half a teaspoon, one to two times a day is also mm. going to help and promote, you know, the body just being able to process things better because when you start fasting and doing longer fast, let's say you started at 16, eight, came to fasting for weight loss. And now you're pushing the window a little bit and you notice your body's changing, staying hydrated in the beginning, especially with using the therapeutic salts is going to be an incredible optimizer to your journey, yeah. to your fasting onboarding journey, right? Of, of adapting yeah. the lifestyle. It won't just help with this question, but it can also help with so many other things. So really great question because we have never actually received that question in that way. So it took yeah. a little bit of research, a little bit of digging, a little bit of reading, but obviously again, if there's obviously something that pops up. Make sure if there is a, a health or medical concern there to get it checked out. Yeah. And so, if you feel ill while you're fasting, yeah. feel free, break the fast, right? Yeah, break if the you, fast. If you, yeah. if you think the food coming in is going to help or that's the reason yeah. why you're, yeah. you're not yeah. feeling well, break the fast. And then setting the next timer, it's likely to maybe get better and more gradual and see improvements over time as you get consistent with your fasting. So love these questions. Yeah. So just a couple of end thoughts here as we wrap up today's episode, we've got the challenge coming up tomorrow. So it is not too late. Mm. We typically save around 10 or 12 spots right at the very end. Right. I'm speaking to myself right now. Yeah. I yeah. wait to the last minute or I'm like the guy that messages after the windows close. So yeah. if you've been thinking it about late? it, if you've been, is it too late? If you've been listening, cool, a couple of cool testimonials came out of this last one where they've been listening for months and months and following mm. us. And we appreciate that. And a couple of people hopped in and did the challenge. And it was just the feedback was like, wow, I can't believe I waited so long to yeah, do this. So incredible. if you're new to fasting as well, you can go click the show notes to the face, uh, the fasting for life community group will get you the mini masterclass, which is a six short steps to putting in one meal a day fasting into your day to day life. So if you've been doing mm. intermittent fasting, you're looking for a level up or maybe some more guidance, Go ahead and check that out. Click the link in the show notes as well for the upcoming challenge. It'll give you more information and what that looks like during the seven-day fasting lifestyle challenge. So can I add one please? thing? During the, the challenge Q&A, right? Like these questions that came in yeah. for these individuals. This is exactly where I was going to go. Oh, were you? Okay, sorry yeah. to interrupt. Yeah. No, no, no. Just, this, is, this is real life. Like I did not yes. know. So go ahead. This is great. Right. No, I mean, this is such a cool part because... Every single day of the challenge, we do Q and A's because the questions that come up are important to whoever's asking them and the, the rest of the people in the group too, but they can be the difference between leveling up or staying at a certain plateau where you are because getting the right answer at the right time to increase your confidence means you can now push it to a different level you weren't able to before and being able to see a new result because of that. And it's like, that's where a lot of the magic happens right there. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Love it. The, the question and answer periods are some of the funnest periods we have. Yeah. So, yeah, because that's where the change happens. You're getting yeah. your question answered in real time that pertains specifically to your situation. So, yeah, I don't know. You're speaking to my soul on that one, Tommy. Super so I appreciate cool. that. All right. As always, thank you for the conversation, sir. Shout out Tracy, Christy, Melissa, Deanna, Karen. Thank you for the questions. We will see you guys next week on the next episode. Thank you, sir. Cool. Thank you. Bye. 
So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.